0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is something you have a measure of when you're born again, but you're born a baby spiritually. And you need to be fed and grow up and develop. The scripture said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And if you will feed your faith and exercise it, that means use it. you got to use your faith. Uh, What do you mean? Well, you're believing for something. You are expecting something. You're reaching out for something. Um, And don't. You know, try to start at the biggest thing you've ever heard of. Um, if you're believing for finances and you want to give extra, let's say, uh, to the church and the kingdom, uh, finance the gospel, claim some extra to come in. Uh, you don't necessarily start with a million dollars. You start, "Well, so what God can do it, yeah, but you don't receive based on what God can do. You receive based on your faith, according to your faith. Claim an extra. If you, if you owe some money on something, you want to put some extra on it on a regular basis as an act of faith that you're paying it off, that you're paying it down. How can you get it? Claim it. Lay hold. Of it. Claim an extra 20 this week. Claim an extra 50. It depends on where you are. And after a while, you claim an extra hundred, or you claim an extra thousand. or If you feel confident starting off on a higher place, you can always go up. Do you understand that? You can always go up. You can always reach out. But if you try to say you're believing for something that's really beyond where you are, then it's frustrating to you, and it's discouraging to you. Uh, So faith is not an imaginary thing. It's very real. And um, everybody's faith is at different levels and different places and different areas. One of the big things is you need to, you need to go to a church where you get fed. You need to feed yourself on the Word uh, and, and nourished up in the words of faith. What does that mean? That Things that are positive, things that are edifying, things that build you up. Um, there's a lot of stuff comes from the pulpit that is just men's opinion and tradition, and there's a lot of fear that comes across pulpits. That won't build you up inside. Uh, And even though scriptures are, are, you know, I've heard people before, the main thing they emphasized were the woe scriptures. (laughs) Woe unto you. Woe. Well, those scriptures are there, and they're true, and they're real. But if that's all you emphasize are the woes, then Woe is you, (laughs) but uh, God is a good God. His plan involves good things. You need to hear about it. You need to be stirred up about it. And if you will uh, be a part of what God intended for you to be a part of, you will have godly and spiritual influences. And uh, you want to be around people that have bigger vision than you do and bigger faith. Their faith is developed. Uh, that's one area that your elders, you'll never really catch up to them in because they got started before you did and their experience. And it, some things take time to develop in. But you want to be around not people that are trying to talk you out of everything and give you reasons why it can't happen. You want to be around people that believe God can do anything, that nothing is too big for the Lord, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what we believe around here. So get your Bible, come on into the classroom. Let's pray and release faith today. Father, we thank you so much for being so good to us. How gracious you are, how kind you are, how good you are to us. We ask you for this day, our daily spiritual bread and answers and help for right now. And we give you all the praise for every good thing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn please in our great textbook to Matthew the eighth chapter and in Luke seventh chapter? Let's continue in our study today of our sixth healing. Uh, in, in the study, the centurion's servant, the healing of the centurion's servant. In Matthew 8, in verse 1. When Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He asked the question, he said, made the statement rather, I know you can heal me, if, if you will. Well, Jesus said, I will. It is written, I will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, it is written, he will. <laughs> and in verse 5, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Here again we hear, I will. I will. I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. The word only. Speak the word only. The man saying, that's all I need for this situation to be Fixed, changed, is for you to speak the word concerning it. Um, one of the biggest issues in walking with God is your esteem of His Word. I know um, I grew up around church. My parents. Uh, My mom and dad didn't go to church in the early part of their marriage and our uh, childhood. But my grandmother saw to it that us boys were in church. And um, then when I was about 12 or 13, my dad got saved and we started going to church on a regular basis. Um, And we had influences from oh, about three or four different denominations through those years. And I thank God for them that there was a church we could go to. But one of the big uh, radical changes that came in my wife Phyllis and my life after we were married and we were exposed to Brother Kenneth Hagan's ministry and Brother Kenneth Copeland's ministry and some others is we saw the significance of the Word for the first time. Now, if you'd asked me when I was 15 and attending some of these other churches, uh, is the Bible important? Oh, yes, yes. But it didn't carry the place in my life that it does now. I heard someone a while back uh, talking about it, and and somebody was talking about a specific passage, and they were talking about that they they took that directly and they were going to act on it And another person was saying, well, I view the scriptures as more of general counsel. And you can tell by the way they're describing it, it's not final authority in their lives. They see it as kind of a uh, higher ethics, higher moral uh, ideal to aspire to and you'll find a lot of people that they respect the Bible, they respect the Word in a general way. But not in the sense of the if the verse says this, we must do this. They don't live that way. And that's where Phyllis and my life changed. And I am so thankful for it. It just... Every day that we think about it, we thank God for the the men and women that the Lord used to to get that across to us. Um, The word is to have the preeminent place uh, in our lives above everything, everything. We are to love the truth above anyone and anything. It is to have the number one place in our life. Somebody said, well, I thought Jesus was supposed to. That's what I just got through saying. He is the truth. Hallelujah. He's the word, isn't he? He's the word made flesh. You're saying the same thing. He is the truth. And you, you'll you see uh, people hear scriptures or read scriptures and they're like, that, that's nice. That's That's a good thought, but they don't have the respect for it that they need to get results in their life. Look with me in Matthew, the fourth chapter, if you would. Thanks be to God for his wonderful word. Hallelujah. What about you, class? Do you love the word of God? Yes. Isn't that the same as saying you love God, you love Jesus, you love the Lord? He is the word. He is the truth. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, you just back up just a few. In verse 23, it says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching. Everybody say teaching. Teaching, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers, diseases, and torments, and those which were possessed with devils or demons, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy or paralyzed, and he healed them. Everybody say, he healed them. Oh, praise God, he healed them. He healed them. And what was the first thing that that started all that in motion? The teaching and the preaching, or the Word. This is interesting, isn't it? The Word is teaching the Word. The Word is preaching the Word. Look in Mark, if you would, just flip over a few pages. Mark, the fourth chapter, 423. Jesus said, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. What does that mean? Uh, Whatever measure you meet is how it'll be measured to you. Well, it's connected to your hearing how you hear, um, there is so much disrespect and lack of respect for God and his word and his things and, and people don't even realize it. I'm, I'm not claiming I've arrived in understanding his honor, but I've learned a few things. And the more you learn, the more you see that there is just a darth a lack of it in the world. And that shouldn't be surprising to us. The devil, who's the God of this world, is the most defiant, disrespectful being you'll ever learn anything about. He hates God. He hates us. And he honor is a foreign concept to him. He's a liar. And God, that's a big part of his Inside is honor, truth, uh, righteousness, holiness. That's who he is and what he is. And in order to come to him, you must, it's not optional, you must believe that he is, he exists, and that he is the Almighty and that he is a responder, a rewarder of good to those that seriously seek Him. The more you respect God and His things, the more you will receive from them. The less you respect His things, the less you will get from them. If you come to a service where people of God that are sincere, are handling his word, or doing his things, or having a service, and you sit there, and you find fault with everything, and you're so disrespectful about everything, you will get nothing from the anointed word that is going forth. It'll go right over you, and right past, right past you, you'll get nothing. And that's why it's possible for two people to sit On the same row, (laughs) in the same place, in the same service, one person be bored, and the other person have their life changed, and yet they heard the same thing, and yet they didn't, because this one had ears to hear, and the other did not have ears to hear, so they didn't hear it. Can you see what we're talking about? God is so great. His word is so amazing. We are to be in awe of him. In awe of every word that comes out of his mouth. Are you with me, class? We are to be, and if you're not, it's because you're dulled in your spiritual senses and you're not aware of, of things that you should be, and that's how most of the world is. I mean, it's, sadly, the world hasn't got better. It's gotten worse. Blasphemies that you wouldn't have heard in some places 30, 40, 50 years ago have now become common. You'll hear people saying things and, and using the Lord's name in vain and the master's name in vain, and and mocking holy things uh, just boldly, publicly, that's a bad sign that things are headed for judgment. And we can't control everybody, but we can be light in a dark world. Is that right? We can be salt and preservation, In the midst of a rotting bunch. (laughs) That's what salt is. Preservation. Keeps things from going bad. We are to be that. And one of the biggest uh, parts of our light. Is our reverence. Our respect. Our honor. And our love. And faith. In God. And for God. For his word. For his spirit, for his things, for his people, for his church, for his ministries. Can you say amen? amen? And when you hear his words, if that to you is the ultimate, and when his word addresses your issue, then to you that's it. That's it. That's what he said. That's how it is. That's what we're gonna do. This is it most church going people don't live this way. they do not you'll find that most uh, most people that do go to church, most people don't, but the ones that do they gravitate towards uh, people who share their commitment level. <laughs> they do if Because if somebody, if a group has a lot less commitment than you, you're going to be frustrated with them. Why don't they do more? (laughs) If they're a lot more committed than you, you're going to be frustrated with them. They keep expecting more out of you. (laughs) So people tend to gravitate to folks that share their approximate commitment level. But you don't want to just look for people that'll baby you and coddle you and expect nothing out of you. God expects us to grow up, doesn't he? To change. Hmm? Help out your neighbor. Look at him and say, you need to change. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, was that everybody? (laughs) Do you need to change? Well, have you arrived at total Christ-like development and perfection? No, let me help you out. No, no, you have not. You're still growing. You're still developing. What does that mean? You need to change. You need to become less carnal, less baby, and more uh, spiritually grown up, more like the Lord, more like the Master. And he exhibited honor for the Father all the time. He said, I didn't come to seek my own will." Uh, but the will of the Father who sent me. I I don't speak of myself. I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. Can you see, is he giving the Father and his words to him the ultimate place? And once he's heard that, that's it. Let, Let me just remind you of a few things about the Word of God. In Hebrews 11... We saw this some, some time back, but he said, through 11.3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, it didn't say God made everything we see out of nothing. It didn't say that. He made it out of things you can't see. And this, this will answer so many questions for you. There's another dimension besides the one we perceive. There's another dimension. It's called spirit. It's real. It's unseen. This whole realm came out of that realm. And everything you see, including this chair, including your body, is made out of things you can't see. We we already understand the, the concept of energy, and even some that study physics and some of these things, they understand the connection between energy and matter. Well, it goes beyond that. But God, who is spirit, released spiritual energy through the words He spoke, and it created matter. That's a place to say wow. (laughs) Wow, wow, big wow. It created stars. It created matter. It created all the elements that planets are made out of. It created the substance you're in my body is created out, out of. I'm just saying we should have the utmost respect for the words of God. The words He speaks, they are creative, they are empowering. Uh, remember Jesus said in, what was it, John six sixty three? He said, the flesh profits nothing. He said it's the spirit who quickens, and He said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. You can have, you know, If half of your insides have been destroyed by cancer or by some other thing, one word from the Lord can put it all back. Now, if you don't believe that, you don't believe in God. You don't believe what the Word says about Him. Because if He can create a star, why couldn't He fix your intestines? Come on, help me out, class. Right? I mean, if he, if he could do one, if he created the body, certainly he can restore it. He can fix it. And he does it through his words. He does it through his spoken words. The planet we're standing on, the moon and the sun we see in the sky, the stars we see in the distance, the mountains, the oceans, came into existence By a spoken word. Hallelujah. And this is one thing that people have not understood. You got people that try to say, oh, you know, no, we we evolved from this and that. Well, where did that come from? Where did it get started? Well, it was a big bang. What caused it? Right? No. You weren't there. You don't know. And this, you either believe or you don't. I believe it. I'm convinced of it. Like we said yesterday, faith's a choice. It's, it's your choice. But, uh, oh, hallelujah. He said it, and the Bible said it was done. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. Well, you being born again is a result of the Word of God. 1 Peter one twenty 1 Peter 1.23 says, we were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, we could say, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. When you heard the anointed word preached of the gospel, how that your sins were put on Jesus, he paid the price for it, he was raised from the dead, justified for it, and offers you salvation. When you heard that, there was power in that word to change you spiritually and cause you to be recreated, born again. That's greater than any physical miracle you'll ever receive. Because physical healing is repair work, restoration on an existing structure. But your spirit, and this is something else you, you want to get a hold of, your spirit. Was not healed. Your spirit was not restored. Your spirit was recreated. You have become a new creation. In Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold all things are become new. That's not talking about your body. That's talking about the inner man. Can you say amen? amen? And what did that for you? What did that for you? The incorruptible seed. Of the word of God. You'd have never been born again if it hadn't been for that word. And the same thing happens with healing. The psalmist said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And I know that centurion didn't know what he was talking about fully, but when he said, Lord, if you'd just speak the word only, did he know what he was talking about? The Spirit of God was helping that boy. And that's when the word was spoken and the boy was healed. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. you. Say out loud. Lord, I reverence your, your, your word. I respect your word. I esteem it more esteem than my necessary, my necessary food. Thank you, thank you. for saving, me, for saving healing me, healing me, helping me oh. with your wonderful word. Oh. Praise God. God. And our time's up for today. You need to come back. As you can see, we're not done with this.